Hi, I'm Luann Botta, and I'm Marianne Crum. You know, lots of things may be in short supply these days, but hope doesn't have to be one of them. Join us for the next 30 minutes or so, and we'll remind you how you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. We're back and we have a new topic this time. And this is a toughie. Yeah. (laughs) So because it's a little bit of a tough subject, I wanted to begin by subjecting Luann to a a little game. (laughs) Okay. There's a a popular game out there called Would You Rather? Oh, okay. And yeah, I actually bought it kind of not knowing exactly what it was. And the questions are like, (laughs) well, would you rather do this or this or this or this? But I didn't realize it was written for a middle school boy (laughs) level. So a lot of them are really gross. (laughs) <laughs> so I know. So she I told me she wouldn't tell me what the introduction <laughs> I know. was. So I don't really play that version of the game, but I came up with one of my own that's related uh, to the topic that we're boy, doing. Okay, okay, so Luann, now you're going to have to listen to all of these before you pick the oh. one that you would choose. Okay. But would you rather get bitten by poisonous snakes or be surrounded by a raging fire or have to eat so much meat every day for a month that it starts coming out your nose <laughs> or get sick with a deadly plague or be doomed to wander around a bleak wilderness for 40 years and then die. Oh my gosh. I, I actually know every story that you're talking about. <laughs> I, know. Um, I think I'll do the fire. Yeah. Well, Snakes were out of the picture that, immediately. <laughs> that ring of fire, as Johnny Cash was saying. Okay. Well, there is another alternative okay. to all of these scenarios, and that is we can just stop complaining oh. <laughs> because all of those bad, horrible things happen to people in the Bible because they complain. Oh, yes. So that's the subject we're going to be talking about for the next few episodes about complaining. And you may be thinking to yourselves, this seems like a really weird topic for unquenchable hope. (laughs) What do you think? You know, I know for me, this was the most convicting thing I've ever studied in my entire life. Yes. Because it's an issue that I deal with. Yeah. uh, I I think it's for all of us, obviously. Yeah. I think we don't realize we're doing it when we are. We know how much God hates it. This was incredibly convicting as I was going through and finding things. I'm like, oh, Lord. If I could have found some sackcloth and ashes, (laughs) I would be sitting with those on right now. It's so true because you're like, oh, man, God hates it. Yeah. So, and but we do but it. I guess the correlation between this topic, which seems a little bit negative, and hope. Oh, no, there's definitely hope. Yeah. It, yes. You know, anytime God puts his finger on something in our life that's sin mm-hmm. and wants to remove it, it's because it's bad for us. Correct. And we'll be talking about how it literally is physically bad for us. Yes. I found some really interesting stuff on that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it's kind of like, when you go to a doctor and he spots a cancer, mm-hmm. you want him to tell you and That's you want right. him to treat it. That's you don't exactly. want to just leave it there. That's so right. the hope is that when we understand complaining and we understand how bad it is for us and how it offends yes. God, that to get it out of our lives is going to make us way healthier in every well, yes, way. and he never takes something out without replacing it with something good. That's right. So we'll, yeah. we'll replace it with the good stuff that we'll talk about. But I think that most... Christians do not realize the power of the complaint. Yeah. And what it does. 
I had no clue. I didn't understand no. it as well as I do now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I agree. That's how I feel. Okay, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. And we're going to start with <laughs> three reasons to stop complaining. And we're going to park on the first one for quite some time. Okay. And that first reason is because God hates it. Yes. And if we're Christ followers, we don't want to be doing something that he hates. That's right. And I think when you talk about complaining, we're talking about grumbling. Kicking up a fuss is one of the things I saw. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good description. <laughs> that's a good one. Being discontent, obviously whining, muttering. Those are things that we do when we complain. Protesting something that the Lord might want mm-hmm. or he's doing in our life. And we're like, no, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing it? At that word, why, is in so much of our complaining. We always are asking why, yeah, or why won't you do this some other way? Mm-hmm. You know those kind of things. Murmuring is murmuring another way. Right? And, and you know when you murmur, 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 <laughs> that's what it sounds like because it's a quiet thing that yes. you may just be murmuring to yourself. That's exactly. Like we're totally, I can't believe he pulled out in front of me. <laughs> okay. Did you say grumble? Grumbling is huge. Whining is the one that every parent can relate to or anybody that deals with kids. Yes. When I looked that one up, it even said to complain in a mean-spirited way using a nasal tone. (laughs) Which, uh, you know, I don't want like this. (laughs) That used to just undo me as a mom. Yeah. Yeah, like stop the whining. So then that's what he feels. He's the father. Yeah. So he feels that's how we whine to him. God hates, hates it. complaining, and we mm-hmm. know this mm-hmm. because there are many stories yes. in the Old Testament, and we're going to talk about a few of those, yes. of how the Israelites in particular, mm-hmm. but we don't need to think that it was just them. Right. In fact, although we're going to talk about a lot of those Old Testament stories, I found a passage in 1 Corinthians 10 And this whole section, the Apostle Paul is trying to teach these new believers, you know, you're thinking about how they know nothing. They're mostly not Jewish, Mm -hmm. so they don't even understand about Jewish laws and all that. But he's trying to teach them, okay, God's people really messed up on this Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Don't be like them. So he's going through all these different (laughs) things they did and telling them not to be that way. You know, he says... Don't crave evil things like they Mm. craved. Don't be idolaters like they did. Don't act immorally like some of them did. And and then he goes on and talks about the consequences. But one of the ones he mentions is this is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And he says, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Wow. So he lists grumbling in in all of that. Then it says in verse 11, now these things happened to them and it's an example and Mm -hmm. they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So all these stories that we're going to talk about, yes, and some of them even are a little bit borderline funny. (laughs) Funny, not funny. (laughs) She always finds something else. (laughs) No, we need to realize, no, we're not literally wandering in the desert (laughs) We're not in the same situation they were in, but it doesn't matter because we do the same thing. Well, I think we could be wondering between things that God is doing in our lives. He can have us wondering, and I think we can wander off course. So I I think a lot of times our destination has to do with maybe our grumbling and complaining. You mean that we don't get? That we we don't get to the... That it's delayed? Mm -hmm. I think we can delay it through grumbling. So grumbling was one of the main reasons why the Israelites had to spend 40 years wandering around and why most of them didn't make it to the promised land. No, that's exactly right. The good portion of them didn't. 
Why have Exodus 16, 8 says, Moses said, you are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to convince them and tell them the fact that their grumbling was not against him. It was against the Lord. Oh, here, here I found. Numbers 14, 2. Um, I was looking in Exodus 16, but 14, 2 says, your corpse will fall in this wilderness, all of you who were registered in the census, the entire number of 20 years old or more, because you have complained about me. Ooh. So if you were 20 years old or older, you were not Mm -hmm. going into the promised land. It was going to be the younger ones would be able to go. One of the verses said, except for the ones that didn't grumble, more or less, but they must have all grumbled except for maybe Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. Are they the only ones that made it? The young ones got to yes, cross over, yes, so the yes. ones that were under 20. Yeah. But of the ones that were older, was it yeah. just those two? Mm-hmm. So then all of them mm-hmm. grumbled. It's almost like what happened with the flood. He only rescued Noah and his family. Yeah, you're right. Everybody else. And that's how bad it was. In Exodus 16, it does say, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Ye- so mm-hmm. there it is. It says all of them. Yeah. And then on down in that same passage, this is Exodus 16. It says, Moses said, this will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning for mm-hmm. the Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the, the Lord. Lord. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I think when you're studying this and you see the response of the Lord, you know, when Marianne and I were talking just a little bit before we got on here and And immediately the Lord quickened the scripture, I am the potter, you're the clay. Mm. You know, I think it all comes down to trust. When Mm -hmm. we start complaining about our circumstances or situations, I believe we don't trust that he's going to work it out. Yeah, we don't trust his character. We don't trust his character. And I'm so glad you even said that. I was listening to John Bevere, and he was talking about complaining. And he made this comment, and he says, it's an absolute dishonor to the Lord's character. Mm-hmm. When we complain, it's a lack of the fear of God. And we're going to do some episodes in the future on the fear of God because yeah. that's kind of a foundational thing oh, yeah. that affects everything, Everybody. including yes. complaining. Correct. What comes out of our mouths. And but... I think we have to understand that complaining is a serious sin. Yeah. It is, it's serious to the Lord. He takes this seriously, or he, he wouldn't have had all these people not make it over. Right. And all those things that I said at the beginning in our Would You Rather game, oh, the, yeah, those yeah, are yeah, things yeah, yeah. that came out of Scripture. It's, all those things happened to the children of Israel yes. during their little trip, which should have taken just a matter of a few days, and it ended up well, <laughs> taking yes. 40 years. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it did. And then look, it just came to my mind. What about Joshua? They're going around Jericho, and they were not allowed to talk. Yeah. And it did say, so that you wouldn't complain. Mm-hmm. Keep your mouth shut. We're going around. No one's allowed to talk. One of the things I did with my students, I taught ninth and 10th grade Bible, and it was my ninth grade class. We studied Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. So I always wanted to make it like today's stuff, just let them walk it out. So I had them all, they split them up in groups. They had to build an ark and put the manna in, you know, Aaron's Mm -hmm. rod, and and they could build it for as small or big as they want. And one of them had a nice size one. And I said, okay, now we're going to walk around the school. And I said, we're going to walk around seven times. We had plenty of time. 45 minutes was plenty of time. And I said, we're going to walk around the school seven times. And on the seventh time, and one of the kids knew how to blow a shafar. And I said, so you're going to blow there. They're like, Miss Bono, are we, are, we, are we doing this for the walls to fall? I says, yes, the walls of the spiritual battle that we're all under. The kids that are sleeping with their boyfriends and girlfriends and the drugs situations or the kids and their parents situation, whatever's going on, we want to pull down those strongholds. 
I've taught them all the bot spiritual stuff. Anyway, so I says, but I said, you will fail this segment of the class if you talk while we are walking around the school. Oh, that is great. And I said, what did they say in there? They said not a word because they knew, oh, it's too hot out here. Oh, my feet hurt. Oh, this, oh, that. Mm -hmm. I said, there'll be none of that. And I had the praisers go first. So, you know, I had the whole thing set up and not one kid said a word. It was so profound. I heard from those kids years later and saying, I so remember walking around there without complaining. And I says, it's because he hates it so much. And the complaining easily could have been, those walls will never fall down. Yeah. Oh, this, do, is, this is this stupid. stupid. This is so stupid. Oh, yeah. We're coming against the complaining in our lives for the spiritual things that might be dead in us mm-hmm. because we complained. I don't know, but right. I think that that's the place where the Lord wants us to repent. Just yeah. repent and keep moving, you know? Yeah, and something you, you said reminded me too that we may think we're complaining about our boss or our husband or our kids or traffic or some things like that. But it's pretty clear when you're reading all these passages that God takes it as a complaining against it's him. him. Mm-hmm. No matter what we're complaining about, ultimately we're complaining about him. Yes. Because he has allowed us to be in the circumstances that we're in. Yes. If we believe he's really sovereign, mm-hmm. then every complaint is a complaint against him. That's right. That's what hit me. I, I, I was like, yes. that is sobering. It's very huge. Even if we put ourselves in that situation. You like mean our we, bad choices have yeah, gotten us into up, a situation? Yes. Like, Lord, I can't believe this is happening. Why are you? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's an accusation. And, ah, so guilty. Yes. Yeah. So it's a habit. I mean, I just think it's almost a reflex thing oh that we gosh. don't notice we're doing it and it can become more and more of a habit. Yes. Since we started to study in this stuff to get ready to do these podcasts, I have really tried to be aware. Mm-hmm. And there have been times I wanted to bite my tongue in half <laughs> <laughs> because it was like, Right there, ready to come out. <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Well, one thing I got from it, and I don't know, I said to the Lord, I said, complaining has affected my love for you, Lord. Mm. How do we distinguish between the complaining that God hates and the, the scriptures that, yeah, or the mm-hmm. scriptures where he tells us that we can pour out our heart? Well, yes. well if you pour out your heart, stuff's going to come out that <laughs> you're dissatisfied about yes. or you're struggling with. And that seemed to be okay because the Psalms are loaded with David kind of complaining. Yes. So so that's a form of venting or whatever you want to call it that Mm -hmm. must be okay. Job did it too. Yeah, I think there's a big difference in the heart. When I go to the Lord and I'm venting or I'm concerned about something, it's such a different tone Mm -hmm. than complaining. I think that could be the big difference because I have gone to Him and said, I'm so concerned about where I'm at or whatever. And I'm just coming to you because I don't know what you're saying, and I need clarity. I, that's not a complaint. The complaint would be, I can't believe, Lord, that you are doing this, and you, you yeah. know, it's almost like how we would do that to somebody. So there's like you're an, this, you're that, you're doing this, you're doing that. That to me is complaint, an element of blame. Blame, yes. Because throughout these Old Testament passages, it seemed like they were always blaming God. Yeah, and sometimes they were blaming Moses, but ultimately it was God's plan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So maybe that's one of the differences, too, that even though David would say, how long, O oh Lord, how long okay. are, are you not hearing my prayers? Have yes. you disappeared? There isn't that edgy yeah. thing of blame yeah. going yeah. on there. Yeah. And by the end of almost every psalm, he's mm-hmm. turned around. He's, yes. 
and he's praising God. Correct. Because in that interaction with God, he has remembered yes. God's faithfulness. And I think a lot of characters in scripture were saying, where are you? Yeah. Hey, even Jesus said, my God, God, yeah. God, why have you forsaken me? I don't think he was complaining. And he said, how long do I have to put how, up with these people? These people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a difference, and I think we should know the difference. There's uh, a big difference. There is. There just I, is. I uh, just got through teaching a one-night Bible study on Hannah oh, in the yes. Bible to the ladies in our church, and you know, it talked about her going to the temple and pouring out her heart to yes. God because she was barren. And she obviously was really undone by that Mm -hmm. situation. And there's a lot more to that story. But it was interesting because it said that after she got through pouring out her heart to God, her face was no longer sad. Sad. And Mm -hmm. there was nothing in her circumstances that had changed Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. She still wasn't pregnant. She still had to deal with this other wife that was horrible to her. Correct. So the only thing that had really changed was that she had just spent that time in the presence of God, pouring out her heart to him. So we're not at all saying that we can't be honest with God. Correct. He wants us to be honest. Even when we're angry, it's okay to be honest with him. Yes. And again, maybe the majority of our time, we are being honest with him and it's not a complaint. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But we can complain about, I I hate the weather. I hate this. I hate that. That kind of stuff. That's complaining too. Well, there's one of the stories from the Old Testament. I just personally, my favorite. (laughs) Okay. That we oh, no. that we have to talk about because <laughs> okay. it's so weird. Okay. All right. So they were always complaining, the Israelites, about their food and water situation. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, I do feel <laughs> yeah. sorry for them a little bit, but it was supposed to be a short trip, you know? know? Can't you handle anything for like 10 days or whatever it was supposed <laughs> to be? But all right. So this was one of the times when they were complaining about the food. They were tired of the manna. Correct? This supernatural food falls down out of heaven. Every morning they're going out to collect this food. Why can't I find it? I love to know what it tasted like. I want to know what that tastes like. Wasn't it a little sweet too? I think it said something like coriander, but I've never had coriander. So So they're carrying on about how in Egypt they would have leeks and onions and cucumbers and melons and all this stuff. And it says, but now our appetite is gone. There's nothing at all to look at except this manna. This is in Numbers 11. You really need to read the whole chapter of Numbers 11. It says, Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, each man at the doorway of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly and Moses was displeased. So then it goes on down and Moses says, they are saying, where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep before me saying, (laughs) give us meat that we may eat. So I've got this mental image of all these Hebrew men at the doorway of their tent crying and chanting, give us meat that we may eat. (laughs) Give us meat that we may eat. They're wailing this. And I'm thinking, this is the weirdest scene ever. (laughs) I mean, this would be a great veggie tale scene right here. But I just can't imagine them standing and crying over not having meat. Yeah. Okay, but they did. So then God says, all right, you want meat? You are going to get meat. Again, you can read this in Numbers 11, but it says that, therefore, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day, not two days, not five days, nor 10 days, nor 20 days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? Oh yeah. They said that so many times. So he sent birds, quail, 
yes. to them. And it said it was two cubits deep. I think a cubit is like the length from your elbow to the tips of to your fingers or okay. man. So that'd be I, like, what, three feet of, <laughs> of dead birds? <laughs> Surrounded by, and it said as far as a day's journey. Dude, they could see, oh my For gosh. miles. Oh I mean, can you imagine gosh. the smell? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because so they complained. They got me. <laughs> <laughs> so let it be a warning unto us. Yes. If you're going to complain about food and you end up with three feet of it, you know, maybe a, yes. a Dairy Queen blizzard or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not well, dead I, birds. I thought too. I, no, I thought too. And this came to mind while you were talking with the 10 spies going into to mm. spy out the promised mm-hmm. land. And they saw the, the fruit was was huge. Everything was so great. Mm-hmm. And yet there were giants in the land. And they come back and Joshua and Caleb were like, wow, we can take it. Oh my gosh, it's this, it's this, it's this. And those eight come back and says, no, there's giants there. We can't do this. And just from that, just Caleb and Joshua, along with young and Zal, went into the promised land. Another verse, this is a New Testament one, in the book of Jude, which is a very short book, yes. but in most of Jude is a warning about how people are going to infiltrate the church and cause trouble. Oh, yes. Because that's what was happening. Yes. You know, Satan's always good to send people in amongst believers to try to bring them down and <laughs> yeah. cause chaos. So one of the descriptions that Jude gives of these people, it says that these are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lusts. They mm-hmm. speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. So that's one of the key things that if if someone is grumbling all the time and finding yes. fault with everything in the church, then mm-hmm. you know, look out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that's they a may have word. been planted there by the enemy. Oh, there you go. We're under the new covenant, but that doesn't mean that all of a sudden complaining is okay with God. Yeah, no, because it never is, obviously. I had written this down too, is keep our eyes on Jesus instead of grumbling. I think as we're making everybody aware of it, mm-hmm. I think because sometimes we're not aware of it, it steals. It mm-hmm. just steals. It steals my personality because mm-hmm. I'm not usually a complainer to that extent, uh-huh. but I catching myself complaining. So it's stealing. Uh, it can steal your personality. It can steal your love for the Lord. It can steal things away from you. Yeah. And I don't want that. Right. I, I really don't want that. When we start to grumble, turn your back around and says, Lord, I know you got this. I put this back in your hands. I'm so sorry for blah, 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 and just keep moving. Yeah. Because we're human, number one, and obviously this has been since time began. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're going to get perfect at it, but I think we can be aware of it. Yeah, later on in some of the following episodes, we're going to talk about some practical yes, tips. Yes, But one of the ones I'll bring up now, because it fits in with what you just said, I can't remember what subject we were doing, and I talked about making a God box. Every time you realize that you have some stinking thinking, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, that you're thinking... Yes thoughts you don't want to think, yes. then you have to literally get up and go to this box oh, you've made right. and write down what you were complaining about, or yeah, whatever. what you were worried about or whatever oh. it was and stick it in that box. And anyway, people have told me that have done this, that it's really helped them corral their thoughts, taking every thought captive. Well, with this, you could make a gripe box <laughs> and yes. fill it full of little slips of paper that have scriptures on them about God's promises, about his faithfulness, yes. about his character, 
every time you catch yourself complaining or even thinking a complaining thought, you have to make yourself go to that box, box pull out one of those slips of paper and just thank God for who he is Mm -hmm. or his promises, whatever you drew out of there. That might be a really good way to train our brains, retrain them. Yes, that's a great way. Yeah, because there's a a little bit of a punishment involved in that you got (laughs) to physically get up and go over that box. I'd have to take the boxes with me everywhere I I know. Well, one of the one of the gals who did this with the God box, she took it really seriously, and she would be out mowing her lawn, and she said, "I had to get off that lawnmower and go in my house and that God box you told me to make." But within a week or two, she said her thought life was so different. Yeah, yeah, it's very workable and very doable. Yeah, so make yourself a gripe box (laughs) if you feel like this is a a habit that you've gotten into. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, we are oh, just about out of time for this episode. That was faster than a I speeding know. bullet. So really, all we got through was the first reason to stop complaining. But it, yes. it's really the only one that matters. Is Correct. that We know God hates it, and we so we don't want to do it. That's right. Next time, I found some fascinating tidbits <laughs> from actual scientific <laughs> studies that they have done yeah. about what complaining does to our brains. So again, that's it just good. reinforces that if God tells us not to do something, it's because he knows that's not good for us. That's right. So come back next time, and we're going to talk about how it literally isn't good for us. That's good. That's good. All right. See you guys next week. Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast encouraged you, it might encourage someone else too. So please share it and share some hope.